Welcome to the Goners, everybody, the only video game podcast. I'm Alan Carlisle, and it's my honor, it is my deep privilege to be able to introduce to you Mr. Brandon Takeda. Oh. Hello, everyone. And also, <laughs> Christian Metaxas is here. <laughs> How you guys been this week? We've been good. I knew it was going to happen. The moment... <laughs> The moment it lasted more than two seconds, I knew what was, <laughs> what was coming. Uh, a man who needs no introduction and then just stop talking, but that might have been kind of confusing for the uh, for the audience. So, Christian, what have you been up to this week? I downloaded the Metal Gear Survive beta. Oh, okay. Ooh. How was that? It, and this is no, but this perfectly encapsulates it because this is this seems to be the internet at large where you have one group of people who are like, mm, not no, no, don't do it, and then other people, ooh, okay, all right, like a little excited. Well, well you um, know, maybe, yeah, yeah possible, uh, fair enough, fair enough. But there's it seems to be a very divisive title where, well, of course, anyway, and yeah, we all, and yeah. of course, we knew it would be. It's I, uh, I thought it was fun. Um, it's it's what it looks like. It's you're going to kill zombies, mm-hmm. you're going to craft supplies, you're going to set up a perimeter defense around this base. The beta mission that I tried out was it's just, there's this energy drill, and it's it's drilling for resources, I guess, and you have to hold off the horde while it's doing whatever it does. And um, uh, you just run around, zombies spawn in around the map, they just... It just super simple premise. Uh, it looks good. It's on the Fox engine, so of course, right? Of course. Um, yeah, it, uh, you know, no surprises. I didn't, I didn't love it. I also didn't hate it. Is it worth fifty dollars Canadian? Who's to say? Um, will I be pre-ordering it? Probably not. Um, it was fine though. I thought it was fine. Um, does it play well? Like, is it? How does it feel to like? Is it uh, third person, first person, that kind of stuff? Like, how? How? I've never really like it's, looked at it's any over the shoulder. It. Like, it's it's like a Metal Gear, right? Like, it's um, but okay, it's uh, it it, it could have felt tighter. It could have felt better. Um, but it, it's still the beta, right? Though, like, do you think there's room for improvement there, or do you think it's this is how it's going to? I'd be surprised out? if it got better. So that's kind okay. of you, you. You've already hit on kind of both questions I wanted to ask. So one, it's in the Fox Engine, uh, third person perspective has Metal Gear in the title. Is there anything else that ties it to the Metal Gear franchise? No, zero. It's it, this could have been any game, and this is and this is what may, uh, I'm I'm sure some of the resentment is stemming from. Of course, is Konami takes the reins on iconic legacy that they helped create whether they like it or not and the first thing they do the first thing they do is come up with the most contrived concept possible where it's like hey what if crafting survival zombies and everybody's and (laughs) i mean at the time it was announced um a lot of people were kind of saying this is this may be a fuck you from konami to kojima um recently konami's been kind of seen as somewhat a uh oh shit i'm broadcasting i uh, a great company that is wonderful <laughs> to everybody and would never be petty or vengeful um so the idea of taking metal gear solid the the kojima game and turning it into a generic zombie shooter that could be a message you know 
especially since the zombie shooter has like passed its prime by a large margin like now. 10 years ago it's 2018 uh to use the rhetoric of the day mm, um literally yeah and like yeah like we had zombie shooters for the longest time and yeah call of duty still has a loyal fan base that loves nazi zombies but that's that i don't think there's really that many more games that are out there making zombie shooters anymore i mean let alone metal gear it depends Fuck. what you count um Interestingly, I, I, I think the Metal Gear Survive model already exists in a bunch of other games. I mean, essentially to me, this feels like an evolution of Horde mode, which yeah, has become a game type in its own. But then you look at um, the original Fortnite mode. Um, what was it called? Uh, Save the World? Oh, yeah. The PvE mode, yeah. right? Isn't that what this is? I mean, neither of us have played. Uh, uh-huh. I guess I got yeah. It's just fair enough. Yeah, sure. H one Z one started, and that was before this. Right. You have H one Z one survive, I think, or whatever the title is, and then later it got, it got split, and you had H one Z one King of the Kill. So once again, in the in very much the same way, mm. we're seeing. Um, and I haven't played Fortnite. Fortnite right. I haven't played Fortnite, but we're seeing. Uh, you have like this survival mode, and then you split off, and you have like a King of the Kill mode. So I'm wondering <laughs> at what point at what point does this become contrived at what point does this become a little pedestrian PUBG obviously on a huge tear Fortnite nipping at its heels um and uh, metal gear survive it's sad i don't i don't know if it's like them saying fuck you i think it's just more they have a good engine they have a good brand name but they don't feel like putting in a lot of work what's the maximum yeah. return on investment on minimum effort it lets make grindy fucking good looking zombie shooter slap in some microtransactions which i i didn't see any but i'd be surprised if there weren't i don't know all the details on that but i've heard rumbling of loot boxes being included in the game i can't see how you can have a game like that without it in this day and age it seems like that that whole model screams you're gonna pay us more money to uh, cut the the craft time down in half, or whatever. and th- these are things that Warframe does, where you can you can pay extra money, I think, to cut down the time of the crafting. Is that right? Yeah. So, yep. so that is you can play their in-game currency for. What's your time worth? That's premium. the question that we've we've asked before. I think right. what's your time worth? Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, uh, to cut this short, uh, whatever, however, people might feel about Kojima's legacy or the idea of Metal Gear. Um, I think I think more cool games is always going to be a good thing, yep. regardless of if. And you know, I I have a bit of a bad taste in my mouth too. I'm a Metal Gear fan myself, but uh, I'm not going to not try the beta. It was cool. Am I going to buy it? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, that's mostly uh, what I got up to this week, aside from uh, just some some additional stuff with the website that we're we're cooking up. Yeah, we are exciting things yeah. ahead. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, how about you, Brandon? What have you been uh, spending your your precious time on? So, uh, related to the too far gone stuff, uh, mm. I went. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Valkyria Chronicles, which right. Uh, I forget if we talked about it last week. I think we. Oh yeah, we got into it. I thought. I think no, we talked about Senua. I didn't get around to doing it. Oh right. Um, I'm thinking of the yeah, last episode. Yes. Uh, so last week. Uh, I started playing Valkyria Chronicles and I'm now 14 or 15 hours into it. The uh, PS3 game uh, that has recently come to uh, 
the new generation in PC. Uh, recently, um, recently, yeah, a year or so ago, yeah. Yeah, and so I've been playing it, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. JRPG uh, mixed with... Uh, JRPG quotes. Uh, it's a Japanese turn-based tactics game where your characters have a certain movement bar and you can uh, move them as whatever set allowance and then fire on the enemy. It's based in an alternative version of World War II where uh, you are a small nation, a small neutral nation, and an invading empire, uh, what could only possibly be a fusion of Germany and Soviet Russia, uh, come right. to attack your land for its resources. <clears throat> and you, the hero, Welkin, uh, and your tank and the, your friends and units around you fight the battle to defend your homeland and uh, save the day. And it's been really enjoyable. Uh, it's, it was widely successful on the PS3. Uh, people were always talking about it, and I finally gave it a try uh, this past week. And I, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. It's really cool. Super solid. I mean, that game had on one end it had like such a long tail like you were saying i mean i remember p- hear people talking about it throughout the entire ps3 lifespan or at least you know from release of valkyria chronicles onward yeah um, no it's it, i and i can see why it's excellent the story is deering um you have these moments where it actually gets pretty serious um not to like not a spoiler at one point you get uh your character welkin and another character alicia they get separated in the woods from their team, like a mortar strike hits right in the middle of the battle or right in the middle of like their camp and they get separated. So you have them going off doing a stealth mission by themselves, but then you run into uh, a wounded soldier of the enemy and you can't really do much for him. You don't have any meds right. uh, to save life. So he passes away. And then uh, later on in that cutscene, you have the, you're confronted by one of the, captains or whatever of the enemy side as you kind of get found out and they're like oh well you put our friend to rest peacefully that well thank you it's it's a shame that we have to fight because you seem like good people and it's you have these like Mm. really good moments where uh where you might think of video games especially like reenacting world or two sometimes it doesn't get the subtlety across especially in uh a jrpg you could it like really has wholesome like good moments to it so like the story has been excellent the gameplay has been really good super great if you have a chance to play it highly recommend it it's got a remaster on the ps4 right uh as well as the pc uh, i don't know if the version i have on pc is the remaster because that was only announced fairly recently but it's solid uh it holds up the art style is excellent gameplay phenomenal like yeah totally would recommend it if you love strategy games with a little bit of a jrpg twist to it the one other thing i did this week was uh I went to Konjiki Ramen, which is Dude, what Konjiki Ramen. It's this new mm-hmm. place in Toronto, uh, formerly only available in Japan. It was a uh, Michelin star ramen restaurant there. Oh, wow. And awesome. so the first restaurant of its kind to come out um, for the first foray into foreign lands is a <laughs> stop in is a little restaurant in Toronto. So I got to try that out last night. Excellent. So if you're in the Toronto area, I guess it's in North York, but oh. really good ramen. Uh, yeah, and that's what I've been up to this week. Awesome. Uh, myself, I haven't been uh, haven't been doing too much. I uh, played a bunch of video games though. Uh, I play a little bit of Fortnite because of the update. We'll get into that a little bit later on, but uh, starting to take it a little bit more seriously. Starting to try and kind of win. Of course, I'm playing the uh, the uh, 100 people go in battle royale mode. Um, 
And uh, yeah, um, well, you know, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. There is something that Fortnite is doing that I think is so awesome. Uh, it's ever since uh, I've been paying attention since Overwatch, I guess, or maybe since I started playing Halo 5 at this kind of next generation of multiplayer game. Um, you know, getting out of the, the, the deathmatch or the Halo 3 style stuff, or even the Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare style of multiplayer, where you get like multiplayer plus other stuff. Overwatch, of course, brought in all these heroes and all these powers. Um, Titanfall 2 is a much about the, um, the, the movement, whereas Titanfall 1 was about the Titans. But Fortnite, because it, it was originally this kind of uh, PvE game that involved kind of building, you know, and you can trace that lineage back to, like we were saying before, but Breath of the Wild, to, to Rust and, the, uh, and Minecraft and all the crafting games. But Fortnite's use of building structures in a third-person combat, like, deathmatch environment is fascinating. When I first played it, uh, when it came out as uh, Battle Royale, maybe two, three months ago, maybe longer than that now I think about it, it was just kind of standard. Everybody's in this slightly janky third-person uh, arena and shooting at each other, and, you know, the better gun wins or whatever. But now with crafting, what will happen is two players will encounter each other, there'll be a quick skirmish, and then they'll both retreat and start building structures around themselves. And there's so many options for the the way you build while under fire in a field that give you certain advantages, certain disadvantages. I'm totally at a disadvantage to all of them because I don't know these strategies. But like building a little room around yourself and then building a staircase up so you can throw grenades out or like um, the classic building a giant staircase that goes 100 feet in the air and then shooting down at people as they come up your staircase. (laughs) It's just completely different to anything else I've ever seen. Like I've been watching a bit of it on Twitch and it's just like you can be so inventive with the way you play the game. It's really interesting. And like, it does a lot of things, at least for me, uh, that Fortnite doesn't, or sorry, not Fortnite, <laughs> Player Unknown's Battleground doesn't. Where right. it's like, it gives you that option. If you're caught out in the middle of nowhere, you're not just a dead duck. You can actually fight back. Because I find a lot of the time when I'm playing PUBG is that I just like, I'll make a mistake whether it's from inexperience or the circle forces me to do so. And I'm just immediately punished. Whereas right. with Fortnite, it looks like you got a lot of leeway if you're a smart and crafty individual. I mean, I think I saw a video, I might be talking out of my ass here, but I think I saw a video where someone like fired a rocket, then jumped on the rocket, rode it to the guy he was fighting and then shot him. Oh yeah. No, what's <laughs> it called? I watched that stream actually. That's uh, that was Sacriel and some of his uh, stream mates, like people he streams with. They were you could get you can jump on the rockets if you time it well enough and it like, takes you across the map. It's hilarious. By the end of some of these matches, you have like three or four players all like racing each other to build gigantic towers and shoot each other from the towers, or you'll have like hordes of players laying siege to one player. Like it's just it's nuts what you can do in this game. And it it really has come into its own. Like you were saying, it started off as a, well, it started off as a semi-successful, we'll say, um, PvE game. Then, you know, PUBG comes out and it was kind of a janky, not as tight PUBG. And now it's, now it's just completely its own thing. It reminds me the most of like, what Shadowrun looked like it could have been. You know, you you uh you take out the pickaxes in this game and make the uh make the structures instead of wood and metal, make them kind of like magical shields or like 
spells and you have a totally new genre of first person blended you know well, magic uh, shooter that i think would be fucking, amazing that game had a base that game didn't die for years people played that game yeah really? it was it was cross play oh, yeah. too you could the thing about that was like if you were playing on pc you were gonna shit on a console player every day of the week but um no that it was super fun too because uh like all the classic sort of uh, capture the the flag like one way CTF sort of thing, deathmatch moments and stuff. But then it, all these like magical spell elements and the different race classes you could be the elf, the dwarf, whatever, uh, the troll. And you would see these interesting strategies where you know you're you're in the middle of a fight. You're they they hit you with the the thorns or whatever. You're getting caught up. You're running low on mana, and you just up. Oh, and then you'd like you'd literally jump and you'd teleport up a floor. Because you're in this large structure, like that was the play space, and just seeing the interesting things that people would do. That okay, because this is interesting to me. Because until now, I didn't care about Fortnite. I'm a no frills Counter Strike sort of guy, so PUBG really appealed to me in that way. In a way that H1Z1 sort right. of frustrated me. Where I'm in the middle of a fight, I'm gonna hide behind this tree and bandage up for the next. Like it's fuck, it's kind of boring to me. Whereas PUBG, it's like yeah, there's a little bit of that, but there, it's a lot more like positioning be awareness tactics like you know being able to uh lead the shot you know you're gonna look at your pips and you're gonna see okay i gotta dial this in 300 meters so i now i'm sort of seeing the appeal just listening to you guys talk about it where i can see how that inventiveness is gonna uh creative people or it's gonna excite people and people are gonna want to engage with that because it's allowing them to engage with these spaces in new ways well, they've done a really good job, Fortnite, uh, to like to even enhance that creativity, not just by building structures. They have jump pads. They've got uh, potions that'll form a bush around you. They've been thinking of new and inventive ways to like to give players creative tools to allow them to like get new kills, get like just interesting things that PUBG just doesn't will okay, never so- do. Like, there's no. Instead of the ghillie suit, you got yeah the bush. bush. Yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a big part of this game. I saw a dude because the heal you have to like kneel down and be completely vulnerable for five seconds or whatever, right? If you kneel down in a a bush that just freely grows in the environment, you are completely invisible, and that must have been a glitch at first because in a PVE game there'd be no reason to be invisible. But it's so it's just perfect in uh in this PVP mode. I mean, it's. I, I don't know what you call this kind of runaway success because again, they had this mode that wasn't working and people weren't really interested in save the world. And then they're the first ones to adapt uh PUBG, and now they're completely well, I shouldn't say they're eclipsing PUBG, they're, but it's yeah. There are multiple well. times where it has pulled yes. ahead yeah. in like on viewership on Twitch and stuff like that, where it's like there were these new patch and then people who like dabble in between both will play that for like a week or two. So like there's moments where it definitely outshines it for sure. PUBG's and I got mean, some laps. PUBG's got some laps for sure. Before I forget, I want to ask. So when you guys are saying, oh, you could do this, they have jump pads, they have this, they have, you could do this in the bush. I'm thinking Halo. I'm thinking man cannons. I'm thinking bubble shield equipment. I'm thinking forge mode like is there a little bit of that or if forge mode was a multiplayer combat mode that be what but I did you ever do that did to. you ever just play competitive forge with people i i <laughs> i always thought you could and thought it would be interesting it's hilarious because you'd sit there and you have that economy I, to work with it's like well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna 
I'm going to well, spot in the Spartan I mean, laser. I'm going to catch you flying away in your guilty spark mode. And I'm just going to nail you. Or I'm going to spawn the tank I mean, and catch you. Me and my cousins were like building something in forge mode. It would eventually become how do I kill the guilty spark by dropping a tank on it. Yeah. Right? Like mm. like all good Minecraft projects, it eventually becomes a death match. But as a dedicated <laughs> you know, product with that in mind, I mean, it's amazing. Um, and of course, there's been news about it, right? Like this week... I think it came out that Fortnite has 45 million players, 2 million concurrent. I mean, that's impressive. Holy shit. And they right? and they just uh they just released a map update um which isn't I mean, it's getting a lot of talk. The map was okay before. Now it feels like it feels like this recent Fortnite update is mostly one that makes Battle Royale seem more intentional where before it was you know, we have these assets and we can kind of cobble together a PUBG. Now, with this recent update, it, it's, this is the polish update. This is the one where they where actually the Fortnite product becomes a shippable um, product in its own. You know, um, maybe... Re- yeah, because mm-hmm. they... They were going to say, they added a lot of locations onto the map, right? Before it was like five, six places where like densely populated, lots of buildings, and then it's a lot of terrain and like small right. small little farms and stuff. Where right? there isn't and a lot of equipment it, and you're just kind of Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now more more so it gives you a lot of options, I, I feel, right? That's right. And they're more differentiated. Um one of the things uh uh was it Epic? Yeah. Epic said was that they wanted uh the different biomes to be more noticeable. Um so if you're in a dip so before kind of the entire map was you're in a valley you're in a hill or you're in a city now kind of one area is more what do they call what do they say the swamps are more are swampier and that's totally how it feels <laughs> it's uh yeah i mean it's it's kind of clear that epic has realized that fortnite is their primary product now and battle royale is the primary part of that product they uh they caught some heat this past week for moving some of the from the paragon team over to work on fortnite um, and they were open about it. Epic said that Paragon has failed to achieve the momentum they kind of wanted it to, and so it's kind of out of luck. And that's I believe it's they were hmm. chasing they were chasing the MOBA scene. One, yeah, the MOBA is an old scene, right? If you're well, exactly. If you're talking survival of the fittest, then yeah, sure. Whoever gonna make the most uh, the 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 battle royale sim that grabs you you know they're they're gonna win and you know it's not the first time we've had battle royale we i don't know personally i think my play group we got started h1z1 king of the kill and then PUBG and then now i see people you know and they flip between PUBG and fortnite a little bit but you know let's say it, i think data miners they found something um alluding to the implication of an idea in Counter-Strike, something about a Battle what? Royale mode, We're some files or something. Oh, I think I remember hearing something about so that. Can yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And I don't, if you're... If, I play that. Yeah, but I'll tell you, if I'm a gambling man, and, and uh. I'm not really, um, <laughs> there's never going to be a fucking... Counter-Strike, we're playing six, we've been playing, there's so many other problems with Counter-Strike, for them to make a Battle Royale, that's going to upset a lot of people. I would be surprised if that actually came to fruition, but it sounds cool. It would be interesting if it ever came to fruition. I have trouble picturing it. I would it. love. I would love just getting off shot from fucking across a giant map. That'd be totally like the best way to win that. Uh, play that game. I, I, I don't know. I, like the guns in Counter Strike are good and they feel good to shoot, but I feel like when you get stuff like the op 
or even the AK with how far you can shoot it in a regular map. It's just like, oh my god, it would be super I, frustrating. I think, I, feel. I think of like, like a newer the player. A maps in the gun games where you would have maybe thirty two people on the server, and it's not it wasn't battle royale per se, but it had that sort of effect where by the end of it, you know, it might be you and three people, and you know, if I can if I could just dummy these idiots, I'm gonna get a better gun, and you'd race people to the knife, <laughs> and it's it's an interest. It's sort of It'd be interesting for if somebody. This would make a good video. Maybe we can make the video um, for them. Somebody to chart out like sort of like the genealogy of how we got to battle royale. Like, were there any sort of indicators that things were gonna shake out this way? Because battle royale as a concept has been around for a long time. Like, Ever not just battle Hunger royale. Games. Yeah. So, like, was that was there anything before that book? I can't think of it. So let's call it the '90s. I think the book came out ninety ninety one. Right. Um, the concept's been around for a while. I'm. I don't think there was a. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, it, most interesting stuff. Team, right. I mean, that's one versus everybody instead of everybody versus everybody. Yeah. But that's kind of where the you go to an island and you're fucking hunting people, right? Well, and that's and this is a conversation that I've had with a few people. But how can you play Counter Strike? or halo or this shooter for thousands of hours do you not get bored is it looks like the, how can you the same how, how do you buy pokemon how do you buy red silver sapphire uh how do you buy this game how do you play this game over and over again it's different every time and there is something sort of thrilling about that you know you're playing against other live people the most dangerous game it's it's exciting anyway i'm you know anybody listening to this podcast they don't need to be told that but um I don't know. Yeah. Counter-Strike Battle Royale. That'd be something. I mean, yeah, I I I don't see how you take something as rigid as Counter-Strike and make any kind of I can't picture conceptual changes to it, but Yeah, no, and, neither. Like and you you were saying how Paragon they taken off people uh, off Paragon to do that. Valve, I think there might be five people and a dog somewhere <laughs> in that office working on Counter-Strike. That's uh, I don't see what other resources they can really... It would be interesting. It's just like Valve's MO is that they only have the barest of minimal fixing their fixing their games that are out, and then they have... There's ne- a nebulous amount of people working at Valve working on quote-unquote projects that they want to do, and whether that amounts to anything is always the question, right? I think it amounts to a lot of money, but that's a different conversation. We can (laughs) fall into the Valve trap for a very long time. But But. speaking of PC game publishers, I've been playing a bunch of games on Itch.io. Itch.io, I don't know how the hell you say that. Are you guys familiar with that? Vaguely, yeah. Um, So, because I was at my girlfriend's place and I don't have any... You know, computer equipment there all has my laptop, so that's what I could run. I found a game called Super Hotline Miami, which is <laughs> fucking no. amazing. It's, it's like you'd expect. It's Hotline Miami, top-down combat, quick death, but with the super hot mechanic where it only moves when you do. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Oh, damn. It was nuts. Super hard. Um, yeah, really? Totally had that Hotline Miami aesthetic. Oh, yeah. I mean... Not I could imagine because like Hotline Miami is designed for you to have a flow. Yeah, if you hit the flow on Hotline Miami, you're gonna beat the level. Right, it's learning what the flow is that really makes that game challenging. And I could see stopping and going, making adding a new challenge to it. Well, and that's the thing. So, um, well, Super Hotline Miami was fun. Not too much to say about it. It's what you think it is, and it's great. But it motivated me to go and download Super Hot. So I've been playing that, and Super Hot totally has that 
uh, challenge where, you know, you think if you can stop time, then you can just kind of get out of anything. But you find a lot of the time that you'll stop moving and everything's kind of the bullets are coming at you at such angles that it doesn't matter that you can stop time. You can just you just sit in there waiting for the bulls to hit you. There's nothing you can really do. You're trapped. Kind of like uh, Alice or whoever that was in Resident Evil in the movie with the laser grid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I had no idea Superhot was so deep. Like, the ways it expresses its narrative are awesome. Like, the whole game seems like it's... You will launch it from, like, a DOS-looking menu. And you're, like... The whole time you're, like, chatting with someone else who's That's found the game. That's my favorite part. It's, like, the, hack, the hacker the developer. Yeah. And oh, like, you, you press the triggers and it's typing. It'll ask... It'll prompt you for... It'll be like, hey, what's up? And then... It'll, it'll you'll see like the cursor flickering and you, you'll go to type not much and then it'll type like a whole sentence for you yeah yes, but, but, but it plays like with that, that, that and it is a meta narrative it's very um I, oh fuck i can only imagine it with vr it'd be so oh that must be amazing i've heard it's unreal yeah. in vr like it's that is it's like a whole new vr game too. right now it has to be um, i can't i can't think of anything that could be cooler than playing that game Christian, uh, how would you describe the aesthetic for Super Hot? Uh, clean, pure minimalism. It's very sharp. sharp. Yeah, a little bit. Well, it's yeah. it, it is. It's it's not Sharper. a shooter. It's not a shooter. It's a puzzle no. game, hundred percent. Um, yeah. Uh, no, Much it's like very, that aesthetic. I love it. Just the red oh, on the too. white. It's just so beautiful and simple and pure and the gameplay in in a hotline miami-esque way it just sort of grabs you where it's like okay no no you fucked up that's fine just try again and you just do it over and over and you do pick up that flow you you find that rhythm where it's like pick up the rifle shoot that guy drop it grab the vase throw that pick up the sword slice these bullets throw the sword like it's very oh absolutely like tic-tac-toe and you're gonna get there and it feels satisfying and then at the end uh it's super hot, and then you get to watch oh, it in real time. Part. And then you look like, you're, and then it's like, okay, so I was Neo. And then you're like, you see yourself whipping around, and it's awesome. Very sad. I feel like it has a lot um, stylistically, and like you said, in gameplay concept, uh, that it owes um, Hotline Miami. Um, even the way the, uh, I can't, I don't know quite how to say it. You're you're a writer, so you'll probably be able to talk about what I'm talking about here. But the way it, um, the way it talks to the player, like. Every level starts with just giant um, sans serif letters appearing on the screen that say like um, I don't know you're in the you're in the bathroom beating a guy up while he's peeing and it goes unfinished business or you're in the bar <laughs> and it goes take a shot and then you shoot somebody in the head and it goes headshot like yeah, it's very it, well it's very in your face and that uh, hotline Miami and this is a conversation that you'll see happening on message boards time and time again in regards right. to hotline Miami like, oh so deep. And you like when you get the ending or quote unquote or whatever it is, and even with Super Hot, these are Super Hot is a meta game. It is playing with these. Uh, it's playing on these these tropes. I guess I can't think of a better word on the spot right now. These are these. This is the action movie where it's. Uh, you know, this is Crank. You know, when he's he's got his hand on the the waffle. Oh, what a badass! He needs to get his heart rate up. Like right. it's very. Oh yeah, you're gonna beat him up in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, he won't be able to finish his his urination like it's it's so it's so over the top it's so uh in your face about it uh with that whole the hacker typing these sort of cheeky um 
these one-liners, these action movie one-liners, like hasta la vista. <laughs> uh, I guess it's it's uh, it's Horatio Kane putting on the sunglasses. I guess it was a little too oh, hot. Like that's what this is, <laughs> and it's we all we all recognize this as a funny thing, but then it's it's contrasted with it'll show the VR man playing at his terminal in his bedroom, and you can see yourself playing the game. Like that's that whole. And then it's interspersed with its actual narrative. It's just very, it, it just plays with the idea of what uh, what that's supposed to be and what you're supposed to be thinking and feeling when you're playing these these killer games. It'd be really interesting to see, actually, speaking of the VR terminal, to see, you know, they obviously people have streamed like super hot VR right. and stuff where they have the body cam. Uh, or they have the outs like the real world camera where it's watching them while they play it. But it'd really be cool if you could put this side by side of at the very end, it gives you your like the rundown of how you've beaten the level in real time. It'd be interesting to see that beside yourself in real time rather than <laughs> you like kind of like slowly checking and checking or whatever. But I guess uh, since you'd be stopping in gameplay, it wouldn't really work. But like if you could cut it together and stuff to see it as both at the same time in one fluid kind of movement it'd be really interesting i i love any game that lets me be neo that's why i really enjoyed path of neo and like <laughs> i mean yeah no i i think i know i'm super late to this party but super hot no it's plus plus it's and the the shooter the fps shooter has become so commonplace this is this is oh, this yeah. is what killed lawbreakers arguably is that there's just there's yeah. just no room in this oversaturated genre anymore like there's just so you have your call of duty you have destiny you have halo you have overwatch you have PUBG, you have counters there's just so many games and they're all great and they're all fantastic but at what point do these do these we're gonna make the overwatch league esports get the headshot hit the lever hit the lever like these stupid <laughs> fucking uh. it becomes uh it becomes prosaic it becomes commonplace and i think super hot for all of its pristine uh, polish for its beautiful minimalism for all that it does to make this shooter puzzle seem poetic it shows you that you're just an idiot sitting at your fucking computer and i think that's uh i think that sort of foil um it gets lost on you in the moment and maybe maybe there's something being said about that there who knows on the uh complete other side of the first person genre I uh, the one other thing I played this week was Firewatch, which talk about being uh, late at the party. Um, I played this. Uh, I played it with my girlfriend because we were always looking for games that we can kind of play together. Um, and uh, man, that is super effective if you're sitting down and playing it with your girlfriend. Like it opens up talking about like this relationship that starts in your twenties and. It's all great, and then she gets early onset Alzheimer's, oh, and then no. you can't handle it, and she moves to Australia, and you fuck off into the woods to get away from it all. And uh, I play video games thing- to escape depression. Well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> and that's what you're doing. You open up the game, and the game goes, so what are you running from? And it's just like, oh shit, okay. Hey, fuck oh, you, wow. man. <laughs> you don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things you can say is, fuck you, you don't know me. I, I'm not really here to talk to you about why I'm here. I'm here to not be there. Um, and there's, there's this really cool, uh, so you meet up with a character called Delilah, who's your counterpart in, like, right. in the game. Uh, you never see her. But her, like, is her she's whole, a cool like, voice dialogue, at the end of the microphone? Is that who you're talking about? That's right. Okay. Yeah, so right. Delilah is the, that character. 
and it's really interesting because you develop over the time because uh, the game takes place over multiple months right. uh, as you get out there in the wilderness and you build a relationship with her and then the dialogue between the two characters you and her it's like really interesting as your relationship builds between her because then things start happening and you're not sure what's going on and you learn more and more about the one. Well, and so that's a very interesting part of the game because you have complete, not complete, you have a lot of control over how much of a relationship you have with Delilah. Um, You're walking around with your uh, walkie-talkie and as you see things in the environment, you have the option to call them in as a uh, park ranger. And, you know, it, it kind of becomes like this... Oh, Maybe like I like a security that. blanket. Oh. Like as you're playing it, if you're lonely, you can talk to Delilah, and if you don't feel like building this relationship, you can just kind of ignore her and keep your kind of professional distance. And mind you, the whole time you are this 41 year old guy. I think uh, you see it at some point. You see yourself, and you're just kind of this dumpy bald dude. No offense to our dumpy bald listeners, but um, you <laughs> time. Time comes us all. That's the theme of the game, right? <laughs> like Except the, Rob Lowe. Well, yeah, but he's at help. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was Speaking of Neo, what about Keanu? That man looks great. Well, he looks haggard, but he looks haggard in a good way. Like, he yes. looks the kind of haggard that well, when comes with a long life of being He's seen Neo. a few battles. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're a 600 year old vampire, man, it like it gets to you after penis. a certain point, right? I'm really not up. There's <laughs> <laughs> a picture of him with the with the bottle of wine, and then it's another shot a couple a few seconds later, and he's got a cup of water, and then the last shot is just him with a halo. Um, but but Firewatch is saying some very interesting things about that, being a 40 year old man. Even um, even it's like without even having played it, immediately has me reflecting on past relationships where oh, yeah. even I, I remember I was sitting with a friend one time and uh, she was like, Oh my God, like get a load of this text. And like th- their relationship was sort of rocky and the, the, the boyfriend, uh, it was just some, it, it was just some stupid, you know, it, it wasn't any reason to start a conversation, but you know, I got mm-hmm. a little, I'm like, you know, they want, he wants to talk to you. It's not, he could have texted you anything. He just wants to talk. And I've done that where I can feel, my relationship slipping away from somebody, I might be like, like, you know, you'll find any excuse to talk to this yeah. person. You want to feel that connection. You even just to talk to anybody, you will find something. And it, you know, you, you're, you're walking around the city with your smartphone all day. Uh, huh. You know, uh, I just saw these two rats fighting over a hot dog or something, you know, you'll, and you know, that's not what you, that's not what you text your, your, your hot girlfriend or anything. Right. Like, you know, there's something, you picture, you picture fights. I mean, you, or, you know, you're, you, you know, you got like a handsome boyfriend, you know, are you going to take a picture and send it to the, to, you know, we're having dinner later. Why are you sending me this? I'm getting out of the shower. I'm putting on my, my, my brand name cologne. I don't. Why are you? But it does. It's not about the content. It's about the content. No, you just want to talk. Yeah. So that's it's very yeah. interesting to well, uh, someone that hasn't played the game. And and it even and it explores the relationship dynamics even farther than that. I mean, as a forty year old dude, uh, the first thing you have to do is uh, these campers are setting off fireworks in the park. Oh. And as you go off, just tell them to hey, you know, don't set off fireworks in the park. What are you crazy? Um, you start finding clothes on the ground and you realize the campers are two, like, I don't know, 18 year old women. And you start finding like their underwear on the ground and you realize that they've gone like skinny dipping. And then 
you say on the on the radio, like, listen, I don't want to deal with like young women skinny dipping. This is just not something I'm comfortable. This is not a situation I want to interrupt. And they say, listen, it's your job. You have to. And then so you end up like yelling at them across a lake and you, at these like silhouettes that, you know, hey, you got to you got to get out of here. You can't be skinny dipping, can't be setting off fireworks. And they go, oh, you're just some old man. You're some sad old guy. And they laugh at you. <laughs> There's totally not like it. And, and and again, you're playing as this 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 older dude that, you know, you uh, at least I personally was taking on some self-esteem issues based on what he'd done to his wife. You know, it. Yeah. Well, it also it does an interesting stuff uh, like place like with an interesting dynamic of solitude because you you're right. You get to you can choose to talk to Delilah or mm-hmm. not, right? You can choose to be really involved with her or you could like shun her. She could use the barest minimum communications in a professional standard. But then you when it's a solitude, it also whenever you come across something new, say the skinny dippers or later on this uh, abandoned campsite and you, you start creating the solitude starts creating weird mysteries and you're trying to find things to occupy your time in this game and whether things have happened or not, who's to say it's really up to your imagination and how you, uh, how you're talking with the Right. It's really interesting in that sense as well. Just quick before we move away from this, do you want to go for, I have a story. What do you want to do first? Let's do a story. So <laughs> I've had exactly one old man moment in my life. Oh, and it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a couple <laughs> of years ago. So I was like 22, 23. Yeah. And um, uh, there's, a, there's a public school in near, my, uh, uh, near my house. And, uh, you know, if I have a bad day, I'll go and I'll just, sit, I'll just go on the swings. doesn't matter what time of day it is. Like, I'll just go. And uh, like, you know, it could be, could be nine o'clock at night. It could be three in the morning. I'm just going to go and I'm going to sit on the swings. And there was one time where I went and it was like, you know, maybe like, like a 10, 11. And uh, I'm on the swings. I'm just listening to some music. And then I see like this large group of people like out by uh, the baseball field or whatever. I'm like, what's going on there? So I take a walk and I notice that they're all sort of like younger teenagers. And I'm like, oh, I just want to enjoy myself tonight. Like these, this is my spot. These kids need to fuck off. So <laughs> I, I went over there and I did my best. I'm not a cop impression. Oh, God. <laughs> Within a minute, this crowd of at least twenty kids was nowhere to be seen. And, Interesting. Like, I felt I felt kind of pathetic and sad, but I also like reveled in my my victory. It's like, oh, yes, you... I'm older. I, I grew cunning I in my children old age. Out of the playground, <laughs> I am a man today. <laughs> it was, but no, but like, and I definitely like I reflect on that moment sometimes, where I'm like, oh no, this is I'm never gonna be. 16 again i'm never gonna be 21 again i'm never you know and it, it, these are types of things where you know even if you know it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl you know you're gonna experience these moments where you know you're gonna wake up after drinking or whatever and you know your shoulders are gonna you're gonna feel it in your yep. body and yeah and then you, it's it, it's a sad moment when you realize it i it, it doesn't have to be sad but it normally unless is. you're keanu reeves of course again the age that, of stranger I personally resent uh, Forever Twenty One, the store. Every time I pass it, <laughs> I just I fucking take that so personally. And when I was like nineteen, I looked at that store name and I was like, "Man, this is gonna sting when I'm twenty one." <laughs> but I have good. Do they sell clothes for dudes? Uh, yes, they sell exactly one item, and I bought it. It's this like sick fleece suede leather jacket. It's amazing and I love it. It was like 50 bucks at Forever 21. Go get yours. But if you are feeling old, 
Nintendo has the solution for children and children at heart. This week they put out their new, uh, <laughs> their new, I don't know what to call it. It's not a peripheral exactly. It's like a new peripheral family. Fuck your old plastic Wii motes and your Wii football and your Wii balance board and fuck your amiibo. Now you've got Labo, Nintendo's cardboard playset. Uh, the name sounds like Lego, and that kind of shows where they're coming from with this. You can is, is Labo a word for something in like Japanese or some language? I have I'm heard it's a fon- it's a phonetic translation of Lab, and for some reason they just they get the word O on the end because of how uh, Japanese consonants. Nintendo's work. quirky. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, just okay. kind of like one translation philosophy from Japanese apparently adds these syllables. Like, we've all heard the U on the end of words, right? Apparently, mm. it's kind of like that. From what I've heard, I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so you'd be able to build your own toy cons, as they're called, um, from these, like, I don't know what to call it, like, cardboard stencils that you, like, fold and tape well it together. looks sort of like the gundam like they're gonna give you five racks or whatever right. and you're gonna you're gonna pop them out and you're gonna build it yeah um so uh things you can build include a piano m- a motorbike handlebar i guess for like a motorbike game a gun I there was a gun saw, in that trailer saw, did you not see I saw it? the gun I saw we it. were there were we there together yeah. when we watched I it i pointed that, that out there was a gun really yeah it was you one of the things there's like, like, Brad is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Brad is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Totally, and then he's like, go back. I'm like, wait, what? Totally, and then it's like, totally, yeah, totally GIF worthy moment where a guy cocks what looks to be like a shotgun y type thing. And it's just like, whoa, hot. It's right, yeah, bring it up, right bring after it up. the camera where he like focuses the camera lens in the, 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 in the trailer where like they build this like fake camera. And then it's yeah. like, pop, it like does like a, a pumping motion. As if it were some kind of shotgun, and I was like, "Man, that's that's what you need when you're replying to some ignorant idiot on the internet. Just drop the Nintendo Labo. Drop the Nintendo gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we were saying, uh, while you're looking at yeah. Oh, sorry. What? Well, just like I was just gonna start arguing. Well, about last it. week we were talking about how this, how Nintendo getting, oh, what was it? Uh, uh, not Dark Souls. Um. Oh, Payday. We're talking about how Payday Two was like kind of a departure for Nintendo. Uh, this departure is in full force if they are now building guns. Wait, no, that's not a departure. They started this shit with the plastic um, light gun for Duck Hunt. The light gun, light gun. yeah. yeah, yeah. Classic OG once, Nintendo getting back to Once again, we, are, uh, we become surprised where we look back at Nintendo and say, hey, they've actually done some weird shit before. <laughs> but I mean, there's been weird shit. You know, the light gun, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't call that weird. Maybe it's just because I grew no, up I with the I, weird, I played but... Duck Hunt when I was a young kid. The, the Wii Fit board, you know, they're trying to get people up off their ass. Cool, great. The Wii, you know, motion control, very neat. Uh, the Wii U, kind of a swing and a miss. Oh, the Switch, to. okay, yeah. Yeah, you, you, hit, you hit the ball this time. <laughs> and yeah, really. Wait, what? I yeah, were they like the, one of the demos they had at the when they announced the Switch at that conference was like, oh, you could tilt it. Oh, that and game? you could hear, like, you could feel that there's like three ice cubes moving around in your cup that is the Nintendo Switch Joy Con. It's like, Weird oh, man. I gotta say, that HD Rumble is fucking awesome. Um, I was playing Mario Odyssey, and I can't remember what I was controlling, but I, I was, I, I felt the Rumble in that uh, controller was like nothing I'd ever played before. It really did feel like there was a object inside the Your controller. Yeah. Kind of, it's, it's, I turn it off. It's called, I love the Switch's off. version of it's called HD Rumble, if I remember correctly. HD Rumble, yeah, and they they totally earned can't that stand name. It. Um, 
You don't I've, like it? What, what, I what, hate what, Rumble. What's I've, your I've always hated Rumble. What's your problem? <laughs> I've, been, I've removed the Rumble packs on the 360. My problem with the um, the Labo is, okay, so, you know, mm-hmm. there are these other, like, peripherals. You know, they're plastic. They got some, uh, they got some traditional use value, some use exchange value that I can sort of justify in my brain. It's like, I'm paying money. I'm getting a thing that I couldn't possibly manufacture myself. Now we got 3D printers. Maybe it's we're going to be having a different conversation in five years. But um, <laughs> if I'm a parent, if my kid mm-hmm. comes to me and says, Daddy, can I have $50 to buy a Nintendo cardboard? I'd, I'd sooner put the light gun in their hand and say, go nuts. <laughs> like, really? Why is that? I can't justify paying money for cardboard. Are you fucking kidding me? Come well, on. Here's, here's well, the, see, okay. Here's the There's some interesting go, I'll take here. you, I'll yeah. take you Brandon, down to the Lickbo. You can pick out a, some cardboard. You can get it for free at the grocery store. If I can build a robot, a functioning robot at the Lickbo, <laughs> fucking I'm down. <laughs> Give me a few drinks and I will be that functioning robot for you. But uh, <laughs> I will build it out of poor Here, decisions and, and lack of. I'll listen. Called. I'll give you the counter argument to this, and this this will okay, right, we'll span some time, because I could say the exact same thing 70, 80 years ago when Lego came out. Lego, the traditional childhood building blocks for most of us growing up. Why wouldn't I just let you? Why wouldn't I just go into the woods, cut down a tree, and carve up some wooden blocks for you to play with instead of Lego? It's like it's not, no, and this is why, and this story. is why I'm not. Yeah. Counter counterpoint. Um, eighty years from now, you're still gonna have those Lego pieces. I don't think my Labo piano is gonna last more than eighty minutes. Like the one big issue with this, as I think Christian, you're alluding to, is it's cardboard, and these are children. We have the least durable thing with the hardest field testers known to man. It's I don't. I, I can see these things conflicting, right? But I think I think um, you're think you're kind of giving it a little bit. Uh, you're just not giving it a little bit of justice to this because, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm never no, going to bet against Nintendo. No. I'll say that on the record. Nintendo. Yeah, no, absolutely uh, not. Just go to. That's a smart horse to bet on. To go off like Alan's kind of <laughs> argument, sure, but you wouldn't. Mm. You got to think that some of these kids that are going to be playing with Labo aren't you're going to be your like two to three year old toddlers. They're going to be a little bit older than that. And maybe they treat their stuff a little bit better. Obviously kids treat their stuff pretty hard. I'm not going to say that as a kid, I didn't destroy some of my toys by playing a little bit too hard with some of them. But like if you're giving your kid the joy cons to your switch, they're going to be, you're going to give them to a little bit older age group. Maybe not like five, six recommended age group for this. I got to think, Sorry. I've got to think like 10, 11, maybe. So that maybe means you're going to have six and seven year olds wanting to play with this. No problem. Yeah. Um, I, well, okay. So the durability isn't, I mean, I'm the one who brought it up, but I, I think they're getting something in return for their durability. If let, let's say that Labo comes out this week, say for the, or whatever it comes out, uh, 420. Um, let's say that, it's the exact does same thing. Does it come out on 420? It no. It no. Totally <laughs> the, the, at the end of the thing was a big 420 2018. No, like, Someone's mm-hmm. going to cut that with the gun. Holy shit. Oh my God. I, but let's say that it comes out, uh, same prices, six, uh, $70 to $80 American for each kit. And it's Is that how much they're coming out for? Yeah. And it's made of so, yeah, um, hard plastic. I would be less interested in this stuff if I actually just bought the plastic piano for seventy dollars. 
because like that became the story of the Wii was hey stop giving us these plastic peripherals we fucking hate them that's what killed uh, Guitar Hero and mm. um, Rock Band was we don't want plastic peripherals and front and foremost about this about the Labo is cardboard the logo is brown like and and has that cardboard texture to it now part of that is, is this um mm. Is this us? Is this speaking to our generation, newly becoming parents, maker culture, and uh, us? I don't know. I think when I think of like my friends and maybe like uh, my friends that are becoming new parents, I think pretty much every single one of them would rather see their kid build something than uh, to to buy it straight up. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, no, learn how to code this. No, what? How do you fix this? You know, um, uh, you know, you're. Buy locally, GMO, um, frugality. These are things that I think our generation sort of prizes. Well, or uh, take your frugality and throw it at the goddamn window for eighty dollars cardboard. But <laughs> yeah, but but that aside, for these other things like maybe like a nine dollar thing. I would absolutely say this is a maker culture thing. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think we're, I think us being a little bit older and not having any children, I think this is what will be the difference. I think if I could you, have children. You don't. Have, <laughs> we don't hang out. <laughs> well, we we, we just kind of are say, hoping for you that you know. What I'm going to say here, though, is from yeah. the, some of the reaction I've seen on Twitter from people who have children who are of our age group, maybe a little bit older, tw- between 20 and 30, let's say, is that as soon as you put the trailer on in front of children and they see the magic that, say, you get like a little working robot or you get like a cool device, and then it somehow interacts <laughs> with the switch. Children have dis- already like it's been decided. Children are going to want this. Like it, like people's children's reaction are this is really cool. And I think that goes off to like what we had with Connects and some of the little bit more advanced Lego stuff with like the motors and stuff. And like you, you get that or this. Yeah, sure, it's cardboard instead of hard plastic. But I think it it sparks the imagination of children. And I think that'll really push it because children will want it, and then parents will buy it. Well, hell yeah. 100%. And I, I should say, I'm, I'm making fun of it a bit uh, for argument's sake, but I'm so down with this. This sounds awesome. I mean, leave it to Nintendo to find a new way of bringing the physical world into the video game world. Um, they tried with Amiibo. That didn't do shit for me. But this is, uh, this is exciting. Uh, like, the idea that we're going to have kids or just people building a working piano out of uh, cardboard? I mean, come on. That's that's awesome. Um it's very i when i think back to my childhood i distinctly i have two distinct memories where building the cardboard robot in my bedroom yep. with my younger brother th- no electronic components whatsoever <laughs> like it just sort of looked like a bit of a robot <laughs> and then uh, a bit of a with my ball. cousins yeah but, but then with my cousins and there were six or seven of us scavenging the neighborhood uh, to build a go-kart oh and we we that? had gotten some of the pieces yeah i can't remember oh dude awesome uh, who was there specifically? But I remember, yeah, we had some tires. We had gotten the uh, like an old uh, motor out of a lawnmower, and uh, my Holy uncle was shit. there overseeing the uh, the scavenging process. Nothing ever came of either of the projects. But still, but what if what if you could turn to your seven year old and say, "Do you want to build a robot tonight?" That would oh, be yeah. like, like a magical memory as a child. That's a memory. That's a moment. And this is something that I think it's going to be very special for a lot of a lot of young kids and new parents, for sure. I mean, let's run with that. Um, when I was a kid, I remember distinctly, I, uh, two of my earliest and fondest memories are one time with a bunch of old grocery gateway boxes. Look at my family being ahead of the curve, ordering their 
groceries online in the late 90s. But I remember <laughs> building like a train with a bunch of grocery gateway boxes, and I got to be the conductor of my train. And there are pictures of me. And then when I was a little older, when I was like in grade six, maybe that would make me what, 10? I, um, I remember building like. I can't remember what the box was for, but I built like a little X-Wing cockpit out of uh, cardboard boxes. And I had like this plastic X-Wing like flight control stick thing. And like, I remember I spent like weeks on it and I was so proud of it, painting it and building control panels then building wires behind the control panels so I could take them off and do repairs. Like, man, this just in the, in the lineage of Lego and the refrigerator box and we're Canadians, Kinder Surprise eggs, I think. Uh, this, this kind of brings a lot of that back to me. I, I just I think this is great, and it it makes me feel warm in my heart. <laughs> so thank you, Nintendo, for that brief moment of humanity you guys gave me. Brandon, do you any distinct memories of you? Anything like yeah, this kind of? No, for sure, I, I loved like Lego connects. Uh, at one point, when I was a little bit older, I got to build some of the Zoids. If you guys remember the TV, sh- the Japanese anime Zoids, which is about giant fighting robotic animals with like guns and stuff on them which is still around today actually and you can still get zoid kits from japan uh so i remember like when i was a little bit older maybe yeah around like 11 12 i i got some of these bigger zoids kits and it was super fun i still have uh one of them upstairs in my room like in the back of my closet but like yeah it was a cool building process where you would you'd get it it was a little bit more complicated than lego because you had to like get snap the pieces together and they had a little bit of a motor function to it and stuff but it was cool because then you, by the end of it i had this robotic bison that had a bunch of cannons on the back of it <laughs> what you know, like, bison yeah i forget exactly what it's called it's green and black one of the main characters from uh the show was piloted uh, piloted it but it was like a bigger project it, but yeah it was really cool and i i still enjoy thinking about it and it's part of the reason why i like building gunpla is that it's not only does it harken back to those kind of memories, but it's also uh, there's something fun and really fulfilling about building something from scratch and those kind of hell kids yeah, excellent for it. So we 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 want to hear from you. We want to see the pictures. <laughs> I, I we want to see the pictures. Too far gone. You what what cardboard monstrosities did you? create as a young child email them to us at too far uh, no that's not the email at goners podcast at gmail.com or on twitter at oh fuck uh two four r g o zero n three hashtag goners cardboard no just hashtag too far gone gone. gone. too far gone branding tell us the stories i want to see the pictures I'll see if I got one of the pictures from when we were building the robot, because that was also a multi-day. I'd come home from school, my mom would be there, we'd be, like, figuring it out. <laughs> so I'm going to see. There might. I want to see you in the train, though. That's why we're all engineers <laughs> now, because of our uh, <laughs> childhood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Anyway. No, bum me up. Well, uh, here, I got something that will brighten your day. Okay, okay. lay it on me. So, on Xbox Live this week, Assassin's Creed Origins, the hidden <laughs> ones, were found. The Ooh. ones DLC was briefly and accidentally made uh, available to Xbox Live, uh, I don't know, patrons, denizens, uh, and then promptly removed. Um, 
Ubisoft has said because some players now have their saved games in uh, Sinai, I believe the area is. That might be my more Hebraic uh, roots making me mispronounce something, but I believe it's Sinai. Anyway, Sinai, Sinai is that it? Yeah. Um, so anyway, players have since saved in Sinai. So Ubisoft, as a uh, cheeky little favor to them, won't remove access to the DLC for them. And so these players are now by Ubisoft called the lucky ones. So that's nice. <laughs> if, uh, if either you guys, I, mean, I always wonder, that. like, who surfs the like? There's got to be people, right, who are just like something's coming. So I'll surf the Xbox market every day until until it drops, right? Like, they just can't I, wait. I, it's, it's bizarre because like this happens all the time. Some little post, like the over with Overwatch, it happens a lot where they're like, "Oh, the event's coming. We already seen the achievements on Xbox." It's like are there there's got to be like a subset of people who just cruise the store looking for these kind of things right well we had um it was a few months ago i think where it was some weird glitch and it was it existed for like an evening where um there were a few i think halo 4 was one of them there were a few backwards compatible games where with the xbox storefront there was this weird system networking hiccup where the backwards compatible disc your account would register this as you actually owning a number of fucking backwards yep. compatible games. And you could just download 20 titles without paying any money. Like, titles. Like, actual games that you might want to spend money on. I, I can't remember any of them now, but this was... I remember that I was in that thread, and 4 was just going nuts. And people were like, you're going to get banned. And other people were like, man, I'm rolling the dice. It's too good to pass yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And there are people like, no, it works. And all the screenshots. It's exciting. Sometimes it just... These things, people just stumble onto them. I mean, it's happened before, right? Like, I remember way back in the day when Modern Warfare 2 came out, they found out that if you had the Modern Warfare 2 disc in your machine, and, like, you were if you were, like, paused in the Geometry Wars menu, then you could download, like, I don't know, Kane and Lynch 1 or something like that. (laughs) Some ridiculous set of things that if you did them all, you could get, like, three games. And people did it. People were down. So I, I don't know how you find these things. I've always thought that like these are like savvy people who go like, yeah, based on the way the net code works, I bet if you have a game that has a colon in the title, then you can like, I, but I have no fucking clue. How, how do you find this stuff? To me, it's just like, it's just missing out. Like, you know, there's just this bizarre series of steps that lets you just duplicate your rare candy. So it's just <laughs> the, the, the magic of disney it's just the ghost in the machine it's you know sometimes when the matrix code lines up uh we just get shit for free and it's it's a magical moment (laughs) for everybody involved (laughs) god well speaking Uh, of duplicating magic it certainly looks like bungie has failed to duplicate the magic of destiny Man, oh my god. Oh, Bungie. So, Bungie. Like, how many- <laughs> Once a bright and beloved star in the gaming universe now has come to the darkest depths. Oh my god. I can't believe it. Again, they've done it again. Where they have been caught red-handed throttling your rewards in-game. So this time, yeah. uh, la- so previously, it was the bright engrams. Uh, you would- previously, yes, oh, previously a bunch fucked up again yeah. yeah so before it was that players weren't ad- weren't getting the amount of experience expected from certain events if you grinded too quickly and too well the game punished you by uh lowering the amounts of experience you get and for those uninformed or who haven't played bungee uh played destiny mm. um the more the, every time you would level up past the 
maximum level of 20, you would fill up a bar of experience and you would be awarded a bright engram. And bright engrams gave you cosmetics, new shaders, new uh, sparrows. This is the end game. Yeah, yeah this, exactly. is, this is it. This Both, is why you're playing. At yeah, this point. it's supposed to reward players who keep playing after the story and stuff to keep them coming back for more and more Destiny. And so what uh, savvy Revit, uh, savvy Reddit user found out was that over time, if you did like if you got too good at grinding destiny the game would limit the amount of experience you got and thus limit the amount of bright engrams you could yeah. receive which in turn was used to pump the eververse to be like hey you want these bright engrams why don't you just buy it for a few little bit of silver i believe is the currency, in destiny currency that the- you can buy mm-hmm. yeah and so now yep. uh as of i guess two days ago or so january 19th yeah two ga- t- two days ago uh, from when we're recording this, Bungie has been caught yet again throttling. This time in the faction relay uh, or faction rally. Sorry, and Christian, uh, I've never, I never got far enough in Destiny One to play a faction rally, let alone Destiny Two. So why don't you explain that to the audience? It's it's just it's it is what it sounds like. You can pick one of three factions, and then uh, you when you grind events, you would get your normal rewards, and then you would get faction rewards. And you know it's it's like any other area of the game where you know you do specific things on Earth. Uh, you get EDZ tokens, and then you can go and find that guy uh, right when you you touch down in that one spot, and you can cash in the tokens for rewards. So I guess what you're saying is uh, people. They weren't. They were throttling the speed at which you could collect these rewards. Yeah. The, so for the faction tokens specifically, so you got like. So maybe you're getting less than you normally. Yeah, would. and this is Bungie's statement on the whole thing. But boils down to this: this one quote. Uh, this was on, on us. No excuses. But this is the exact same excuse that they've been peddling for months now with Destiny Two. This is so, how many? How many times do you? How many? It's, it's sad. It's, it's sad that they're not even. It's, it's not that they even fucked up. It's they did it intentionally. Again, they they, the it, rhetoric. Yeah, we're sorry we lied to you. No, again. there's nothing to. It wasn't it, even They've been lie. framing these things as a fuck up. They're just doing things that they know are gonna upset us, and then they they recognize it when they've been caught. They'll say, "Yes, it was wrong." And we apologize. So, how many times do you get caught with your hand in the fucking cookie jar before you get upset? And you know what? Now that I'm getting even more angry about it over the months, I didn't even really want to buy Destiny 2. I didn't want to do it. Uh, (laughs) Here we go. Our our group, the fun tax, but 100% it was. And I'm not. I'm not a guy. I'm not a peer pressure guy, really. But I had a lot of fun with Destiny One, and so it, it was all our friend group was talking about. So I said, "Fuck it," and I spent the hundred dollars. And I got the Deluxe Primo Gold Platinum Diamond Edition, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, and I'm not a peer pressure guy. I didn't fall for the uh, I didn't fall for the For Honor meme. And yeah. Uh, Ouch. I, Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know. Yeah. We can have that conversation too. I'll happily I'll happily have yeah, that no, one. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but how many times? And you know, I we had a lot of fun. I think our friend group for that first month. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, as a person was a blast. who played a little bit of Destiny One and then kind of fell behind and then gave up, I was excited now that I had a core group of friends that we we knew we were going to play Destiny. I know Kristen enjoyed it. Uh, some of my roommates from university who played uh, quite a bunch of Destiny One were super excited to once again get back into Destiny Two. So I was like, "I'll bite the pillow on this fun tax. Sure, why not?" Uh, 
So uh, here's, here's yeah. I didn't invest as much as Christian, to be fair. I just bought the base game because I had known in the past Destiny might not be for me, but I was willing to give yeah. it a try for this time. You want to play something with exactly. your friends. It's um, and here's so everybody that's feeling a little burned, everybody that's feeling a little angry. I want you to remember this feeling when uh, uh, they give you the stick up for D3 right. when they say, "Hey, this isn't." Destiny was originally fucking marketed as this game's gonna last a decade. This is gonna be the video game to end all video games. You're gonna you're gonna divorce your wife. You're gonna you're gonna run away from your families. You're gonna do want to do nothing but play this video game. And then two years later, hey, sequel. So number, I felt yeah. burned on that one immediately. Um, I want you to remember how you feel when they start pitching you on Destiny Three. How many times do you have to catch uh, your boyfriend cheating on on you before you dump him? Honestly, that's exactly how this feels. Like this feels like the conversation where, like, well, at this point, you're reading each other's text messages, and you know, you really want to love Destiny, and you've had good times with Destiny, but things keep happening and things don't add up and you're confused and you don't know if it's you or if it's them but they're this is a you're, you're caught in an abusive relationship that's... where they keep saying they can change yeah. i'm just saying no, that's what this is proven for months that they can't it's time to it's not even like this is a new thing with destiny it's not even like oh we fucked up in area a and then sorry the so, and then we fucked up in area b this is we fucked up in area a and then we fucked up in area a and then we fucked up in area a and then we fucked the up idea in area that there a. was it's even like, a sequel was angering and then you had the shaders and then you had the racist gauntlets then you had the xp throttling then you have then you had this well not even just and this. i feel like i'm forgetting something there's the That's event the holiday one. event they fucked up the holiday event because the warlocks could infinitely chain their ultimates it, you, and then they didn't oh, fix right. it. And then they and gave granted. away the, uh, the, 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 the broken granted. weapon to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the broken granted, weapon. Granted, granted, granted. I don't expect anybody to run back to the fucking office during the holidays. You know, that's time, you know, you got a little vacation, you're with your family. However, we're all paying lots of money <laughs> for you to not be addressing this. For what was it, like a week? How It was the whole holiday, that whole holiday event. And then it didn't get fixed until it was patched out of the like they patched out the holiday event because it was done. I loved Halo, and I'm I'm I was a fan of Bungie for so long, and I think in my heart I still want to be a fan of Bungie. But this is kind of hard to ignore. This the uh, it's it's getting kind of uh, shameless at this point. I don't know what to say other than just how disappointed it is. It's yeah. I mean it's I. The, 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 the topic point I have written down for this is uh, Bungie completely loses control of the Destiny 2 narrative. And I mean, was it you, Christian, that was saying this is like another in the very many nails in Destiny's coffin? No, that was me. But that, that was, was you? Yeah. And I'm not going to take credit for that. That A friend pointed that out. It's like how many nails can fit in this coffin. Yeah. It seems like any number at this point. Uh, what I will say, though, is that while we're critical, very, very critical of Destiny, uh, uh, with good reason for good, yes for good reason uh, I have some friends who are a bit more casual gamers who have recently started playing Destiny one of them uh, not someone I know personally but it's my uh, friend's boyfriend who had been playing a little bit longer and her as like a casual more casual gamer has recently dropped into the world of Bungie and has been enjoying it a lot I see some pictures on Facebook of her and her boyfriend playing side by side like two TVs on the Xbox and it's just like yeah, those of us in the know know 
Bungie has been fucking up here. But like they still like once again with like things like Pokemon Go and other games that you think, oh man, that game's dead. It's like nothing's gonna happen to it. There still has a large playing user base at a more casual level, or, or not not casual as in the fact that they casually play the game, but like people who aren't as well informed, who don't read the gaming forums, who don't read the news and stuff like that. It's 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 still kind of shocking to see, but like as much as we are never going to put money into Destiny ever again and probably never will in the future, it's it, it, they still have that core base of players, it seems, well, can, even still. I can speak to that. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a great game. Like, all the bullshit good, died. Yeah. When I played the, um, the uh, it wasn't a beta, they put out like a demo of it, I guess, uh, last month or so. I, I really enjoyed it. The shooting is great. You could play it for free up until that's level what it was. Yeah, right. I, I loved it. I, I had a great time with it. I was sad when my time with it ended, but you know, you surround you surround a nugget of gold in too much nuggets of. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's, it's disappointing. Not, there's nothing left to be said, really. Bungie, how many how many times do you fuck up? So let's talk about cryptocurrency (laughs) (laughs) speaking of stuff that fucked up this week Uh, um so i'm actually not really gonna touch any of that what i will say is uh who here's heard of bitcoin right a couple of us raise your hand yeah even if you can't see if there's like 15 on your headphones raise raise hands hands. (laughs) yeah so um now that everybody's hand is in the air um there there have been when somebody is making when, when when you have the opportunity to make that much money and anybody can do it it's it makes waves everywhere um one of the places it's done that is in the build your own pc market mm. um there's been a a quote i've seen going around this week saying it is now cheaper to buy a pre-built gaming pc than to actually build one yourself and that's entirely it seems because of the price of graphics cards uh because of because you can mine graphics card uh, mine graphics cards you can mine cryptocurrency uh bitcoins with um somehow using your graphics card you need to have a intensive graphics card to be able to do the mining process any, any, i don't know how any that mining works. you can mine any of these coins pretty much but the right. idea is your your computer is solving complex equations or and, and as it does this that's what the mining is and then the right. idea is you hit a block and then you would split that block with everybody in the mining crew and that would be how you get your cut of the bitcoin or whatever you happen to be mining but uh, people right. re- uh, enterprising people years ago realized that uh gaming graphics cards were actually quite adept at solving these uh these these problems and doing the mining much more so than uh, whatever the processor is capable of i think so, I, i'm not 100% sure but i think that's the gist of it so the effect of this has been that um cryptocurrency miners are buying out huge swaths of uh, uh, graphics cards. Uh, uh, NVIDIA has been the one who've been talking about this the most. And that's been, you know, everyone get out your, you know, economics 101 charts. The demand has shot up. So the price has shot up of uh, graphics cards. And I saw one article online that's talking about how you could now buy like $7,000 six packs mm-hmm. of the same graphics oh, card. Oh, Christ. I didn't even hear about yeah. that. So the gigantic cryptocurrency bubble is creating other bubbles in related markets, which unfortunately includes PC gaming. So 
the report I read, and it was sketchy, I'll admit. It was one article, it was one news site I've never heard of in Europe talking about a different news source in Europe I they've never heard of, saying that NVIDIA Europe was uh maybe Germany was reaching out to local retailers and asking them mm-hmm. to limit the number of graphics cards they sell to two per customer. To two per customer. Um, and this is the argument is if you're if you're really a gamer, <laughs> what do you need more than fucking two graphics cards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, and so the idea was that they want to shift their market so that they don't have cryptocurrency miners buying all their graphics cards so they can sell their graphics cards to PC players. And this was the thing. The new line of NVIDIA cards, the 10 series cards, were supposed to be the cheaper new solution with the new way that they do the processing in the card to allow for gamers to finally access uh, high-quality graphics on a little bit more of a budget. Because before, when you wanted the really high-end graphics, you still had to pay a cer- like a big amount of money for a new graphics card. I know I spent a bit of money on my uh, NVIDIA 980, which, uh, great card, still lasts me long. It's lasting me years now, but it's come to the point where these new series, which was supposed to be the solution to this problem, is now the problem. It's like the, the, the people keep buying them because they were the price was good enough to mass or to mass buy. Well, so it seems like Nvidia has is working on another solution to this problem. I actually think, this is I I'm go ahead well, and then I'll I think it's actually working on a separate problem entirely, but we'll get there. Uh, so since I think the eighth of January, so a couple weeks ago or a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever. Um, uh, GeForce Now opened public beta, entered public beta, uh, where players can... I mean, we've all seen this before. It's a game streaming service. Um, the difference here being you have to already own the games. So if you own a supported game on Uplay or Steam, you can, instead of installing it on your computer and running it from your computer, um, the good people at NVIDIA will install it on one of their computers and stream the audio and visual to you and while you stream up the controls, right? We've heard of this before. Um, the, uh, the headline I saw was no graphics card, no problem, which is, you know, appropriate nowadays. How convenient that the people jacking up the prices of the GPUs now have a service, which they will likely charge you a subscription oh, fee absolutely. for. I don't, you know, maybe I'm tinfoil hatting it a little bit here. I don't know if I like that. I, and we've, you and I, Alan, have had this argument before. Oh, yeah. I'm a physical media guy. I, I don't like the idea. I want the graphics card in my hand. I want to plug it into the computer myself. I want to, you know, I don't like the, I don't like outsourcing the fucking something like that. But uh, I can, it's a very cool idea and I can appreciate uh, what's happening there. I think this is more NVIDIA future proofing itself. Um, mm. I think as time goes forward, the idea of having a dedicated console in your house for playing video games, be it your computer or your Xbox, I don't know, 0.5, the way things are going. I don't think that's <laughs> going to be something that like you have. I think game streaming is the future, just like streaming, you know, music and movies is the present now. Um, and you know, I think NVIDIA sees this as a possibility. And what do they do in that case? They could either become completely industrial and sell crazy graphics cards to these server banks to run games, or they can get in on the streaming themselves and eventually somehow differentiate their own game streaming service from the other people's. I mean, these are the people that made the NVIDIA Shield a couple years ago, right? I think we might have talked about it on an earlier podcast. Um, The 
the switch that only works when you're on Wi-Fi at home, right? And you can stream your Skyrim from your PC to your uh, NVIDIA Shield in the bathroom. And that's about as you, as much utility as you're going to get out of it. I think this is exciting. I think game streaming will open up video games to even more people. Uh, when I was younger, I used a service called GameTap, which was, you're still playing it locally, but it was a kind of game rental streaming service like this where you would you know it was like taking a game out from the library digitally it was it was awesome and it made it possible for me to play all these games i'd never played before it's how i played the first deus ex how i learned about seven max it'll be cool to see it'll be cool to be seeing so let's say this becomes the norm and you're going to stream your games right what what can we do what can humanity do with their collective computing power what can we accomplish? What can we solve? What will all these... Right now, we're using it to mine Bitcoins or, you know, Ripple or whatever the fuck, Ether, whatever it is, whatever, you know, your Dogecoins. Right now, this is what we're doing with it. We've, we've decided that we're excited about these things and new ways of... Uh, 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 new systems of currency well, and new money, anyway. types of... Well, I and you know, I think I think people are excited about money, but I think uh, there are also people here that are uh, that are excited about digital infrastructure. What what is it going to look like in ten years? What is it going to look like in fifteen right. years? And that here's that's where exciting. Gonna, here's where we're going to be a little bit, I would say, reticent about this whole okay. game streaming thing. I recently, uh, Satan with Christian, have picked up a Steam a Steam Link. And I, I have been playing some of the times I have been playing Valkyria Chronicles, an older game, uh, on the Steam Link streamed to my TV from my right. PC. Which uh, the Steam Link is on the Wi-Fi. My PC is on physical, uh, physically linked to my router. Uh, and there are still are, like the the technology still isn't quite there. I would say there are most of the time it's fine. I would say like eighty percent of the time the games runs excellently. I. I've tuned it up a little bit so that the game runs in a little bit lower resolution so that it's sending a little right. bit less data over the Wi-Fi to my Steam Link. But then there are still moments where the game like hard freezes and stuff and there's like like stuttering and these problems. And while, like, yes, this seems to be a good solution to this current problem of uh, lacking GPUs for gamers out there, I, I wonder how good it'll, it, it, the solution is. Because while we do have some pretty good Wi-Fi here, in Toronto, I've talked about this before on previous podcasts, if not an earlier one, uh, that there are people even in Ontario, where we live, a pretty technologically advanced area, that have really shitty internet. And while the problem isn't isn't now that like, their computer can't handle it. The better computers. There are people that live an hour and a half from me with better computers um, for whatever reason, the ISP, it's just, it's just not the infrastructure right. just doesn't exist. An hour. I get, I have gotten a hundred megs down. Yeah. I've seen it happen on my machine. I live close to the GTA though. Um, other people an hour and a half from me, uh, they'll be downloading this thing for a week, but that's it's rough. Yeah. It's so this where, yeah, this is the, the thing. This and I've mentioned this before. I'm always hesitant when it comes to streaming games, just because, Wi-Fi, like we think we have a good, it, it's it's easy to live in a bubble where we have, when you have good internet, but when you, you move a little bit outside of a well-populated area, you you could have the best computer in the world, but if you don't have the, the Wi-Fi to stream these games, the service becomes... You, and it's not I, I agree with that. I think where we're at right now, 
this is something of a pipe dream. I mean, you it, people want to go from 30 FPS to 60 FPS entirely for the feel that gives you, the responsiveness and the controls. I mean, people play Melee on old CRT televisions that weigh 80 pounds that they're lugging to tournaments because you just can't fake that kind of um, responsiveness. And so streaming is going to get in the way of that. But but I think if you, if you take this forward... 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. By then, we have to think that the uh, Moore's Law is going to give us internet connectivity that's strong enough in, in places that it'll become you the norm. You said it out loud I mean, before. You, like, we, we hope, we're going to get to a point, hopefully, where internet, it's just, you know, the ISP is just going to be in the air. It's just going to be everywhere. I think that's yeah, exactly. your, your exact I mean, words. Daddy Musk is going to launch the satellites, right? And, the and he's right. going to he's gonna take care of all of us. Yeah. It doesn't completely collapse by then. <laughs> Good old Elon. Um, speaking of the melee, speaking of the melee, um, Nintendo officially sponsoring Genesis Five Smash Tournament. Old man Nintendo, famously, you can't. We want to monetize all this. You can't stream the games. We don't want melee at Evo. Is sponsoring a tournament? Finally, it's finally years, years now. They have no, but they have. They've tagged in. They 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 sponsored one of the older Apex tournaments. This isn't the first. This isn't the first melee tournament, but more and more we're seeing from Nintendo um, uh, a, a willingness to not just through Nintendo versus their own primary channels, but supporting that uh, the community like that sort of grassroots esports scene. It's good. Finally, is all I can say. Is finally, it's it's been a slow process. We've seen it with like their YouTube creators contenting on YouTube and all their and like they're they're very adamant against streaming. It's I, I'm glad. It's all I can say. It's it's a it's a good step forward. I hope. And I mean, it, this it is cost, the process continues. And it, it, and every and not that Nintendo's like specifically the only poor example of this. You have you know people we talking about Valve earlier too being a little. You know, we we've seen Valve and how they handled even like the iBuy Pro, uh, the match fixing scandal, and just banning those players for life. And they can compete, but just not in Valve sponsored events and this and that. Um, so I mean, it's not there. You know, esports. It's we're still in that. There there are some growing pains, and we, we can't all be we can't all be Kespa. I guess is the <laughs> the answer. Well, Counter Strike still going on this weekend, by the way. And we uh, a quick a quick just a touch it doesn't end this weekend i think there's one more weekend this yes. is a three weekend fucking saga uh, uh to correct uh, correct a uh, quick correction from last week yeah so the first weekend was to get into the tournament the second this weekend currently is to get to legend status which is the top eight version and which would allow you to be invited back immediately to the next uh major tournament and then so the third weekend will be the legends tournament which is the, the final playoffs. end, the playoffs, the final end of the tournament. C nine out. Mm, as far as I'm aware, no. But they're two and zero oh in this leg, so they might be if they lose their next game. It's th- three no, losses or three wins. Three wins will get you ahead. It will get you through. Three losses will get you out. So it's looking grim for. They, they lost last night when I tuned in. That was a close game though with Space Soldiers. Um. Uh, one yeah. little thing. I know we talked just to just to tack this on to the end of the Counter Strike thing. Um, last week it was we were excited about the Cinderella story of Vega Squadron. This week it's Quanta Bellator Fire. This te- another no name team bombed out earlier. They yeah, no kidding, no name. What are they called? Quantum Bellator Fire. Oh, how could I forget? Uh, shortened for QBF. 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 Okay. QB Fire. QB Fire. Um, QB Fire. Yeah, that no, they they got, fire. they got exactly. 
they made it into the tur- they made it into the out of the qualifiers, beating some less than stellar teams, sure. And then uh, with this past uh, weekend, they've shown up again. It seems uh, they did just lose to G two pretty convincingly, but G two. Yeah, but they're they're they, they're definitely the uh, they're one of the the, the dog to beat right now for sure. They're just yeah. so and they beat Virtus Pro, who were in easily the poorest form we've seen in a long time. Yeah, um, really. That's sad to watch. Yeah, they're part one of my favorite teams. So yeah, no, it hurt to see them lose. And then Mouse Sports uh, showing Vega Squadron that they're they're not just um, that they don't they're not going to take it lying down sixteen to three. Yeah, they they rebounded and uh, showed them showed them why they're a name. Um, well, yeah, no, just to get back to the QB fire thing before we kind of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. they're they're d- looking hot. Man, I think uh, I want to really quickly check something, but I'm pretty sure they're two and one right now. Meaning, if they win one more game, they're through to the legend status, or they might be one and two. Uh, quickly checking right now, um, they're really close though. This is a team out of nowhere where people don't know the Russian scene very well. At least uh, the casual Counter Strike fan uh, like me, who, yeah, no, they're just a team that has come out of nowhere and just crushed it uh and they're doing really well and it's it's a big hope that it grows the scene by seeing these oh yeah so they beat uh the other team they beat so they are two and one right now they lost to g2 they beat x god's team they beat gambit which was which is who won the last major so it's a big deal so they need one more win of uh x hellraisers guys i think too yeah so quantum bellator fire the name nobody's heard of the name some people have tar- hard time pronouncing. Uh, they're, if they get one more win uh, in the next two games, they're, they're legend status. They get invited to the next major. Awesome. It's, it's a, it's a really yeah. big deal. Vegas Squadron uh, from last week kind of cooled off, uh, unfortunately. They're one and two right now, so they need to win t- the next two games to make it. So we'll see. Well, Christian, I had fun talking about video games. Did you have fun talking about video games? I always have fun talking with you about video games, but, but it is time that we acknowledge the dark stranger on our doorstep. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I've been knocking here for some hours and you haven't let me in the door. It's kind of depressing. Oh oh God, I can hear it. He's there. (laughs) He's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, anime news. Yeah. Hey everyone. Well, uh, once again, let's talk about the (laughs) the anime news segment. Uh, of the podcast uh as we mentioned last week uh we're not really going to be going over much of the shows we've been watching since uh that was mostly to do with what was premiering in the winter 2018 anime season right uh so now it's just back to kind of the interesting news that's coming out of japan uh the first of which uh something we talked about last week the junji ito collection uh a nail salon in tokyo the venus rico nail salon uh is has created nail art for you in partnership with the Junji Ito Club. <laughs> in partnership? This is like an officially yes. like, this is a promotion. Yeah, no, totally in partnership. Interesting. And so they, they've put out some of these pictures and it's, it's wild. They have like crazy Japanese kanji on it, obviously relating to the stories, but they've got like the faces covered in blood with the sharp teeth uh, a bunch of designs, all of it, almost all in black and white. Some of it mixed in with red. It's very like 
really cool. A little bit pricey. Uh, if I was going to get my nails done, I probably wouldn't spend 117 to 195 <laughs> US dollars to get them done in anime style. But it's a cool thing. So if you're a fan who wants to get six nails done, uh, fly on out to Tokyo and go to Venus Rico Nail Salon for a little bit. They'll be doing Junji Ito uh, related uh that says Related something about the art. demographic of either uh, Junji Ito or Japanese fingernails that I had no idea about. It's anime f- always finds weird and interesting partnerships, whether it's with cup noodles, whether it's with like weird makeup and stuff. <clears throat> anime always finds something to collaborate with to promote the brand. And this is just another one of those instances. Crazy. Um, awesome. We had a yeah. fun one. I'm going to just, cause I just remembered it. Um, PlayStation and like, uh, basketball high tops. Okay. Did either of you see that? No. And it's like the colorways, or no. so like the little rivets that the the laces come out of. It's the same color as like the X button and the uh, the triangle oh, and the okay. square. That's those same shape. Yeah, and it's like this. And then like the uh, you know uh, the little loop that you could put your finger through when you like you're putting your heel in just to like snugly fit your foot in the shoe that's like it's like a playstation verification code <laughs> like when you scratch off like it's, no I, I i only saw it like briefly just in passing just glancing but uh just the the nails reminded me of it anyway anyway continue yeah um even to go off that nintendo and converse uh a year or two ago partnered together or maybe it was vans uh they partnered together to get specifically Nintendo themed character shoes and stuff. So you could get like the World One One style shoe from oh, Vans. I think I've seen oh, I remember those. that. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. That. yeah. That was the yeah. Whole, around the same time as the Uniqlo thing, maybe a little bit before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about that. I believe around that time. So yeah, no, it's Japan finds a way. <laughs> they partner. They do like even with Final Fantasy Fifteen with the cup noodles. They were specifically a brand of cup noodle, wasn't it? Louis Vuitton that, too. We went yeah, over it last right. time. Yes, and Louis Vuitton. Um, wow, what else? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, another pr- interesting actor has been cast in the upcoming Detective Pikachu movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Previously, it was Ryan Reynolds who is going to be the voice of Detective so Pikachu. So fucking weird. Uh, now, and now it is Ken Watanabe who will be playing a detective, so that works alongside Detective Pikachu. What? Probably known for his role in Inception. Yeah. The- yes, he was also in the God- the most recent uh, Hollywood Godzilla movie. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. It's another excellent actor, at least in my uh, opinion, uh, that gets on uh, gets to be a part of this movie. Uh, but also interesting that it's a specifically Japanese actor because I believe the character's name is Japanese in this. If I'm trying to find the name, anyways, it it it. it if it's like a Japanese centric styled movie, it's excellent. They have picked one of the best, at least well known out in uh, the West. Detective Did he star in The Last Samurai? Yeah, Ken Watanabe was the like Tom Cruise's like mentor in The Last Samurai. Oh shit! I... So an up? excellent actor, an excellent actor. So that's exciting. A cool, a cool addition to this already weird. Uh, list of people signed on to this movie it's getting a little wacky but i think i think more and more like the wackier it gets the more acceptable it's going to be for sure because then it's like okay this is definitely like this is just for fun guys like it's a smart move i think i i just i mean how the hell do you market detective pikachu like 
<laughs> the marketing's already done. We're already talking about it. There was the whole oh, yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably gonna watch like, the Pikachu. Nintendo. Once again, Nintendo being too smart for its own good. You but got, no, like, like a cousin or like a niece or a nephew, like why the fuck wouldn't you take them to go watch Detective Fucking Pikachu? Like Exactly. You have to, right? Even, like, like even uh, when the po- the newest Pokemon movie was coming around, tons of people went to that. It's like it's not like that was a small event where it's like, oh, a strange foreign Japanese movie comes to comes to Canada. And we were trying to go see it, weren't we? And then we, we yeah, couldn't exactly. make it happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it, Pikachu, probably one of the world's most recognizable characters at this point. Uh, yeah, probably. They have, there with Mario. Probably the when you think about it, because like, where's Mickey Mouse been lately? Well, you get like other ones. It's like Hello Kitty as well. Things, other big properties, but like Mario, you you know, world recognized character. I'd it's say Pikachu's of, the the most iconic in the world at this moment. Sure. It, so that that alone, people <laughs> are. Gonna, I want to fight about this. No, yeah? I think it's Mario. You yeah. think it's Mario? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is because um, Mario has been around slightly longer. Um, I feel like Mario had more Western impact at a younger. At earlier um hold on hold on i want to fight more about this um <laughs> uh yeah what do you got for pikachu make pikachu story pikachu Every, was if you pikachu's like an olympic mascot and he was a fucking he was like the 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 japanese soccer team pikachu's just adorable mario's just this weird little plumber man pikachu also, he's the everyman he's a relatable know, figure pikachu's, pikachu's, pikachu's like adorable mario's just kind of there also, hey, I man, would say, dad bod, very popular. When you say when I mean, shorts, Pokemon, yeah, fuck. Um, <laughs> when people say Pokemon, people immediately associate with Pikachu, and Pokemon's a huge franchise. I feel hey, like when people say Mario, they immediately associate know, it with is, Mario. Is Mario is Mario like going to be walking around during the Olympics? Maybe, maybe not. Who's, would you rather get your picture taken with Mario or Pikachu? Well, okay, if I'm picturing, like, if this is real life, right, and they're, like, not, like, fun characters, but they're, like, real, actual things, I, I would think Pikachu. Yeah, I would totally Mario. pick up the Pikachu and hold end it of, in my arms and say, arguments. end of the beat. I'm gonna, yeah, anyways. I've met a lot of plumbers. <laughs> I didn't even know my picture taken with <laughs> 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 picture taken with the plumber. Anyway. Uh, I'm uh, plumber. Next on the docket is yeah. that Little Witch Academia, Chamber of Time, uh, will be coming west on february 20th of this year which is super exciting standard Uh, edition or physical like with all the goodies uh that is a good question we'll launch for playstation 4 via the playstation store it's digital it'll be digital okay all right all right you Uh, have it right i have okay so i love little witch academia i was super uh swept up in the magic of it all when the original ovas came out so little witch academia and little witch academia the enchanted parade and then when they announced the tv show last year um i was thrilled what a excellent show mm. uh by the way uh a little bit of caution while it is on netflix netflix i have a gripe with recently because their subtitling game is really fucking weak really? some bad so some bad. bad translations to the in the show uh, specifically Little Witch Academy, yeah? but also the the timing of their subtitles is so fucking off sometimes. Oh, really? Where in Violet Ever- in Violet Evergarden, oh, sorry, not Violet Evergarden. I'm not De- Devilman Cryberry Baby was the worst for this. I don't know if you spotted this, Christian. There'd be scenes where the dialogue would have already started. You would the subtitle would come up seconds later, and because the dialogue ended, the subtitles would be on the screen for like half a second, not even. Yeah. And this happened multiple times, and it's come up again in Violet Evergarden. 
I, I really think if I had you're to gonna invest in anime, in, yeah. you, have to, you have to get your subtitle game up Netflix. There was, there was a couple moments where I, I found myself rewinding 20 seconds just to reread it because that uh, that it, 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 it threw me off, that the mistiming. That's right. I remember now. That's really disappointing. Uh, anyways, so back to this. Yes, and so because I love Little Witch Academy so much, I pre-ordered the special edition of the game from Japan, which was really cool. It came with a lot of interesting bonuses, like a cool fan art book. Uh, the game will be featuring uh, brand new animated cutscenes by Studio Trigger, the the company behind Little Witch Academia. So not only do you get a new and interesting story uh, that takes place now after the TV show, you get some brand new anime content with it as well. It looks to be like a fun little game, and I'm. Re- I enjoy the series so much, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of merchandise for it. So I'm, I'm going to put the money down again to buy this game and play it uh, on PS4, probably. Um, but yeah, uh, one last little bit of anime news is that the new Castlevania anime that came out last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, four, episode, four episodes. <clears throat> a really interesting uh, take on, I believe it was Castlevania 3 is what it's based off oh, of. Oh, really was it? Uh, it Yes, I believe so. Huh. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Castlevania fans, but I'm almost 100% sure that's correct. Uh, but yeah, it, they announced the right, lead writer of the show announced that there will be a new season coming this summer sometime. Another four episodes? Uh, or? No, who, who, eight who episodes. It? Is it, uh, was, it, was it Warren Ellis? Was it... Uh, I can't remember. Oh, it seems I have clicked away from the tab, and because my mechanical keyboard is loud... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, given it who we did, given it behind the curtain here. <laughs> yeah. So Christian, if you want to look that up really quickly, I'll talk a little bit I about think the Castlevania. We wrote about it. Yeah, you I'll yes. figure this out. Yeah, no, the uh, animated Castlevania. I thought it was all right. Really short though. Uh what surprisingly short. The four yeah. episodes at like twenty minutes each. It was kind of an odd especially with the amount of hype around it. People love obviously love Castlevania. It's an iconic series. Uh so people were expecting a really cool and interesting narrative, but it kind of just was the starting blocks. Well, of that's this, the thing. What the series to come. even even with uh, what was it four episodes? So that's eighty minutes. I don't feel like they actually covered a lot of plot. They just kind of set up characters and then went. All right, goodbye, everybody. Yes, um, and if you haven't watched this, this will be a little bit of a spoiler. The very ending of the last episode, you get the you get uh, the main Belmont character in it, uh, which I can't remember off the top of your head. Simon, you get. Alucard, uh, no, it's not Simon. It's Trevor. One of his, Trevor Belmont. Uh, you get Alucard, uh, Dracula's son, and you get another woman who I think or believe are the three characters from Dr- the Castlevania Three, right. and they meet up, and it's them now joining forces against Dracula. Uh, that's the ending that's right. of that show. So not other than like the, your little bit of action here, some crazy violence there. Uh, Hell you yeah! Did, there's not there was not much to it. So I'll be excited to see where it's going with this new eight episode season. Hopefully it'll progress the plot. Maybe it'll give us a full story. We'll we'll have to wait and see, I guess. I mean, the last one was super digestible. So, I mean, I'm, (laughs) if it means anything and I think it means something, I'm excited for more Castlevania. I I want to see where this goes. I love the Castlevania world. I don't know what it is. It's a little silly with like Alucard being Dracula backwards (laughs) and like all the Belmont family, but yeah, no, I'm interested to, to see, to see where they go with that. I love this Netflix anime push. Yeah, it's it's really cool, cool. And, and they've got more to come. This is only the beginning. This first little bit of this year is the the tip of the iceberg, as it were. Uh, and one last little thing 
uh, to wrap up this oh, yeah. news section is that Crunchyroll uh, has announced its nominees for the second annual anime uh, Crunchyroll Anime Awards, which are a fan voted award uh, show. I suppose that it, of all the top anime from last year, uh, they've assembled a panel of, I guess their employees, uh, mm-hmm. quote unquote experts in anime to make all these picks this year. And they've put out a list of all like the, uh, the, uh, the categories as long as with the choices and then have now, uh, left it up to fans to vote, to see what, What's the anime of the year? What's the best action show? Who's the best girl or boy of the year? That kind of thing. <laughs> the best girl or boy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sure hope it's me. Yes. Well, you started this podcast, so you already get to be best boy. Oh, I'm year. best boy of the gunners. <laughs> yes. For 2018, you'll be my vote. Um, oh, thanks, buddy. I'm voting, yes. for, I'm voting for Christian. So, oh, oh, dark horse as always. Anyways, uh, so... Right, right. That voting starts soon. I will. I have written an article about this, pretty long one comparatively to some of our other content, breaking down every category and my specific picks for what really was the best anime of this year, who was the best hero, and really getting into some of the details of why I think uh, some of these shows deserve the respect they deserve. Uh, hmm. One call out, uh, which I do a little bit in the article, is... For best continuing anime se- series, Crunchyroll. How the fuck are you going to disrespect Monogatari? It, <laughs> the final of uh, uh, the show started in 2009 with Back of Monogatari and ended this year in what could only be a love letter to the fans of the series. And it's hard to imagine it not being conti- one of the continuing anime choices of the year. And yet, it, uh, and yet, nothing, nothing, okay. not, not a word in one of what I believe to be one of the best little bits of the show. Snub. Uh, yeah, total snub. Anyways, you'll find out more about that if you read the article and all the other choices I've made. Uh, and yeah, and so that ends anime news for this week. All right. Uh, well, Christian, if people were to go to the site this week, what else would they see? Well, yeah, first and foremost, yeah, we got this. And this not to be missed, Brandon Takeda, Tastemaker. You need, <laughs> yeah. Let's get real, folks. You need new opinions to pair it off as your own. <laughs> you can take Brandon's. 100% for free. You don't even have to pay. Just, just take them. Just take them. You could just, pay. Would you, you pay? You could. You could. <laughs> we'll pay. set something up. We'll set something up. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but you know, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be a hefty. It's going to be a hefty post for sure. There's going to be a lot of. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good reading there. Um, we have uh, James has once again, once again, gone spelunking. Uh, pulled something mm. back from the uh, from the depths. Uh, it's a it's a Half Life mod. Uh, I believe it's called Entropy. Uh, let me let me double check right here. It's actually kind of cool where um, you play as uh, the the combine instead of Gordon Freeman in uh, in episode two. Uh, it uh, oh, released cool. back in October for free. Yeah, it's kind of neat. And uh, he's been working on that. He's been looking into it, seeing what's up. And um, his uh, if it's if it's anything like the the last article he punched out, I'm sure it'll be quite comprehensive and an interesting read um otherwise we've uh this last week we've been wrapping up a lot of there have been a lot of yeah you know like updates and information that we've been covering the metal gear survive beta of course among them we also had uh the uh street fighter 5 the upgrade the update to arcade edition so um what, what a lot of people don't know is that um uh if you have the original title you get that for free 
You don't need to. You don't right. need to buy this new game. So you're you will get treated to um, updated frame data, the the roster update. It's all yours. All you have to do is log in and get it. Uh, Galgun Two, the collector's edition, unveiled. You can read more about that on the site as well. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, we're going to keep pumping out the good stuff and, uh, yeah, you know, we're looking to put together some video content very soon. We're going to be pushing some, yeah. some site updates as well. You know, uh, things that we should have there that we don't have that, uh, we really need to have like, you know, searching by artist, by tag keywords. Um, we're going to look for a little homepage site redesign very soon. So, um, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled for all that. Exciting stuff coming. All right. Well, until then, you can find us at toofargone.moe. That's toofargone.moe. Hit us up on Twitter at 2F4RG0N3. Ask Christian about that. You can email us directly at gonerspodcast at gmail.com. And very excited to say, as of this week, you can get us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, I believe. Maybe it tune in google play and either stitcher or tune in are forthcoming so yeah we're legitimate we're real we're a podcast you listen to us and uh kotaku you know i'm just saying uh, i'm here